the future of photography. So, Chris, do you eat Marmite? I've tried Marmite, I've tried Vegemite. Um, I had a very close relation with someone from the UK for a while, so I'm well familiar with it, but it's not on my daily diet. Okay, fair enough, fair enough. So, <laughs> that I can understand that. It's not I don't, on my okay, daily so diet. I don't hate it, but I also but don't, don't see I also don't see any reason to put it on toast. Oh, well, hang on then. You're just going to completely <laughs> undermine the whole show. <laughs> the whole point about Marmite is that you either love it or hate it. <laughs> I'm uh, honestly somewhere in the middle. <laughs> Okay, well, well, well. You might, I might ask you to pretend later, just so the whole concept of this show doesn't fall apart. I will. I'll try my best. <laughs> okay. Um, yes. So, I, I, do you know what? For just a, a complete aside, before we even can we call it an aside, if we haven't even started addressing the topic yet. And um, when I was a kid in the seventies, actually, um, it, it was considered, you know, uh, a, a good source of of. of nutrients for be- for small children mm-hmm. um now, now of course it, it's almost completely forbidden for f- small children but there <laughs> you go that's the difference between the 70s and today isn't it anyway anyway why the marmite reference so, yeah well, why, why why on earth <laughs> why on earth? okay because today we are going to talk about the fujifilm x trans sensor Ooh. Uh, and uh as we record this in 2018, this is a technology that has been available now for at the very least five years, possibly more like six, um, uh, since the, the first X-Trans cameras came out. And uh, it is a sensor, a camera sensor, that provokes usually a very strong reaction with photographers. Either they love it or they hate it. And you can see this all over the internet, of course. True, true. I'm a, I'm a Bayer area guy, for sure. I, I am as well, but I do shoot with Fuji cameras. Hmm. <laughs> so, so here we go. So, so the, the, what I'd like to talk about today is is the future uh, of the X trans sensor, um, uh, uh, whether there is, and including whether or not there is actually a future for the X trans sensor. So, because, for, for those who don't know, what is the X trans sensor? What what okay. makes it special? Well, you mentioned the Bayer array. Uh, and that is the uh, the very very standard for pretty much everybody but Fuji. Uh, it's the way that they take a sensor which only captures light and create a color effect by interpolating. So in every four pixels in a Bayer array, uh, two of them will capture green, uh, one will capture blue, and one will capture red. I think mm-hmm. I've got that right, haven't I? Yes, yeah. So right, it's two green, isn't it? Yeah. Yes. Um, so, uh, actually when you see a color image, um, the color that you get at an individual pixel level is interpolated using an algorithm, uh, because the actual pixel in your camera can only capture one of those three colors at a time. Okay. And that is the way that almost all sensors work in almost all cameras, as far as I can figure out. So it's a specific arrangement of these three colors on the sensor. It is. It is. And Fuji do it differently for the X-Trans array. Now, I'm not going to try and describe that because the X-Trans array actually covers about 16 pixels, I think. Uh, and it's, But it's the same concept. It's a, it's, Some of them are green, some of them are red, and some of them are blue. Uh, but they're in a different arrangement than the uh, more standard Bayer array. 
Um, and there were some really good reasons for this at the time. I mean, if you if you read back into what is now, I suppose, recent history and 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 the uh, the claimed advantages of the X trans sensor, uh, it takes us to a time when actually uh, you know the the resolution of cameras was such that that technologies like anti aliasing filters to avoid uh, moiré patterns um, were starting to reach some limits. And Fuji said, well, actually, if we have a different color filter array, um, then we wouldn't need an anti-aliasing filter and we could get sharper images. And yeah, there was this whole thing about, well, yeah, the X-Trans will give you sharper images, better detail, less moiré patterns, all of that sort of stuff. So there was there was a genuine reason for doing it. Um, uh, I'm not going to say whether they were successful or not, because it's a very, very sub subjective question and it's which, brings also it, from, which brings us back to marmite <laughs> from, from and from what i see it's also a very subtle difference i've uh, i've yet to see kind of a side-by-side -side comparison at actual viewing size that that i would say yes this is totally different well there you go yeah yeah you're, you're not you're not being geeky enough you're not oh. being geeky enough because you know, if, what, what does viewing size matter when you can zoom into 300 <laughs> percent I, I think that's i think that's a common problem that we see these days uh, image sharpness is often uh is often judged based on 100 zoom while most people will look at a photo and not see that but see it yeah at a reduced yeah. resolution pretty much and 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 you've pretty much summarized the argument oh, there. I'm sorry. Yeah, people, no 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 that's good no it's good because but some people will say that uh, you know that all the details are mushy especially in things like grass or foliage and things like that and other people will say it beauty it, it renders beautifully and you know food fuji color science it, it is right up there the best with the best in the world um, and so, you know, often there's the, there's a, the, there's a, a very distinct difference between people's views of this sensor. I mean, occasionally there's some common ground, but mostly the common ground is where people agree. All everybody agrees that Lightroom doesn't do a good job with the raw files from these. And sensors. I can understand that because Lightroom has been developed, and I mean, what what Lightroom does it is does what's called demosaicing of the photos, so it takes the Bay Area. Uh, red, green, and blue channels, and and does a good job in picking those apart and uh, merging them into the final photo. And uh, the X-Trans sensor is new, or, or, or it was new at the time, and they had to develop a pretty much a separate path in their software to demosaic the the X-Trans sensor. And uh, I, I can understand that that is difficult, and that they and and I'm pretty sure Fuji didn't really share all the all the secret details about it with Adobe right away anyway. So I, I think, yeah, there, there are always, you know, uh, things that, uh, things that don't get shared, aren't they? And, uh, yeah, and so it's, you know, and, and, you know, there are any number of, of uh, internet pundits with blogs who'll tell you which is their preferred raw developer for, for the X-Trans sensor, you know, and, and pick the one that suits you. But the, the interesting thing I wanted to talk about today is, is, you know, so what's the future of photography for the X-Trans sensor? Um, you've probably spotted, because it was a couple of weeks ago now, um, that Fuji have launched a new entry-level camera called the X-T100. Uh, I heard of it, but I haven't really looked into it in detail. Okay, so this is so so. Although Fuji have used the X-Trans sensor for some of their flagship cameras, you know, like the current one being the X-T2 and the X-Pro2, often for the entry-level ones, they've used Bayer sensors. Mm -hmm. And... 
they and and the XT100 is is just one step up from the bottom um and uh so it has a it happens to have a Bayer sensor it also happens to have an electronic viewfinder which is the first time they've done uh, uh, an entry level camera with an uh, with a good quality entry uh, electronic viewfinder so there's a yeah there's a, a pretty highly functional pretty highly usable Fujifilm camera now that is very competitively priced. It's about seven hundred dollars or seven hundred euros or seven hundred pounds, um, and uh, it's got a Bayer sensor and it's got a lot of functionality and great image quality. Now that in its own may not be particularly interesting, but at the other end of the scale, you've got the Fuji GF fifty something whatever it's called, which is their medium format digital camera, which also has a Bayer sensor. Hmm. So, is that because and, they don't make those sensors themselves? Uh, I I I don't think they make that one. No, I think the the medium format sensor they use is one of the standard Sony ones. I think that you get in a. I think the Pentax use it as well. Um, I, I'm not sure, but I don't think they make that one at that size. The but it's so it's interesting so you've got five years ago you've got a lot of stuff happening in the marketplace which gave yeah which which allowed fujifilm to spin a story uh and get some marketing benefit around uh a different color a different pattern for the color filter array um but you know a lot of you know uh, most cameras now most mirrorless cameras at least have managed to to modify their you know, to evolve their electronics so they don't need an anti-aliasing filter and they can do that with a standard Bayer sensor and Fuji now has at the top and tail of its product line Bayer filter sensors hmm so what does that mean for the future of the of the x sensor is it is it on the way out well, I don't know. What I mean, I think? can tell you my own experience, right? So I have uh, my main digital camera at this point in time is a Fuji X-T1. So that is uh, not the current model, but it, it's a top of the range model from a couple of years ago. And uh, I love it. Um, I love the colors it creates. I love the lenses. Uh, and, and I especially like the way it feels to use, um, all of which are strengths in the, in the Fuji camp. Um, do I like the X-Trans sensor? Well, I don't have a lot of love for it, but... Um, why, why, is that? At the, why is that? Well, at the, at the pixel peeping level, I don't have a lot of love, okay, of love okay. for it. Um, at the, as you say, the, the, the viewing size and viewing distance level, it's fantastic. <laughs> Interestingly enough, is uh, I've just a while ago, I had a picture online somewhere and someone commented on it saying, this is so amazingly sharp. How did I do that? What, what camera did I use? What lens did I use? And it was... I think it was like three megapixels or four, maybe at the size it was displayed, <laughs> and it, well, there was no way to to zoom in. So that was pretty much the size of it. And uh, when I looked at the picture, I um, it became apparent that that what that person perceived as sharpness was detail contrast. We're talking about how the light impacts the edges in the shot, how the edge sharpness in the shot is, and there was no artificial sharpening in there. It was just a matter of how the light skimmed the subject and made the edges stand out which uh, adds edge contrast which makes people perceive it as sharpness because sharpness and contrast is pretty much the same thing so 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 you did it the old-fashioned way you used skill and experience I'd, well in, in that case yes <laughs> yes definitely and uh, the, the 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 sharpness wasn't in the photo because uh, there were not enough pixels for that 
But um, sharpness is a very much in the perception. Yeah. So, so I guess when I say I have no particular love for the X transensor, what I mean is, yeah, at, the, uh, at, at one level, I don't really care. Because when you print these things out or when you look at them on a decent sized screen, you know, at, at the right viewing distance, actually, they look great. Um, uh, and, you know, uh, for me, the, the the usage of the camera itself um, and uh, the way it processes colors are actually far more important to me than, you know, the 100% crop detail. Um, so I'm... I'm I'm good with that sensor, but it, it, it does make you think though, actually, how are, how, what, where do you think Fuji are going? Cause you know, there, there are a lot of people who will say loudly on the internet and we probably shouldn't listen to them, even though we ourselves are voices on the internet. <laughs> so listen to them. So listen to this. So listen to them. Well, listen to us. Listen, listen to us. us. We'll yeah. try. We'll, we'll we'll try and put put forward a, a a balanced view of things, you know. And and I recognise that if that's if that's your thing, then the X transensor has some you know disadvantages. Um, you know, it, so you know, it, again, it's it's a subjective thing, or 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 it's for whatever purpose you need to use it for. I mean, there are some purposes where where pixel level detail is absolutely the thing that you must capture. True. And I have to, you know, maybe uh, I have to say the Fuji cameras are not mes- necessarily the right choice for that kind of use uh, y- uh, use case. But uh, yeah, I, I like mine. And would I be sad to see it go? Oh, I don't know. Um. The, the first Fuji camera I bought in, in recent times was the original X100. So not the X-T100, mm-hmm. the one that's just been launched, which is a an entry-level interchangeable lens camera, but the X100, which is the fixed-lens uh, rangefinder lookalike um, camera that launched the whole of the Fuji X line. I remember that, yes. It was awesome. And again, it was... Uh, also also a, very- a bit of a diva when it comes to using it. It was a bit, it was a bit, it was a bit slow on the focusing, but then, you know, it, it, I, I never had any problems with it. I, I, I eventually sold it because I was no longer using it at that point in time. I was shooting mostly, uh, film photography rather than uh, right. digital. And so it ended up just sitting in the drawer and I thought, well, you know, if I'm not going to use it, somebody else might as well have, a, uh, you know, have the benefit of it. Um, and it is, I have to say, I do regret selling it now. <laughs> it's because, because all the same cameras now all have the X trans sensor. So I guess in that sense, um, I'm really intrigued by this. Um, and uh, I guess we'll find out, you know, the time will tell. I mean, you know, the, the current lineup of Fuji cameras is reasonably fresh. There are, there are always rumors and I don't try not to pay too much attention, but there are rumors that maybe there'll be a decent announcement of a new product from Fuji and uh, maybe at photo Kina, which is, well, as we record, this is probably about four months away, I guess, isn't it? Um, uh, something like that, yes. Yeah. Uh, so uh, maybe we'll see something. But it'd be really interesting to see if Fuji start uh, changing their their top flight APS-C cameras to Bayer filters. Mm. Well, let's keep an eye on that then. Yes. And what's the difference for the future of photography? Probably absolutely nothing. <laughs> But the future of the X-Trans sensor might be interesting. See where they go next. And that about wraps it up for today for episode 34 of the Future of Photography. We'll be back in a week talking about cardboard of all things. Well, cardboard sounds like fun. <laughs> doesn't I think. it? Isn't, okay. isn't, that what, isn't that what all the cameras arrive in? Cardboard? Well, of course they do. All right. Until then, take care and bye-bye. Bye.
You've been listening to The Future of Photography, a production by Adrian Stock and Chris Marquardt. Subscribe to the show wherever you get your other podcasts. Find the show notes and more information at thefutureofphotography.com. Thank you.